God often reveals his truth to us, whether it is about himself, us, or the relationships therein through the natural world. This is revealed to us by Paul in Romans 1, 19-20, which says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. This is also true for man-made things such as film, and I would like to show how he does just that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Welcome to Oh How Marvelous, episode 11, and today we will be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. But before we start talking about the movie, I have several life updates to share with you about. None of them are bad. I will still continue to do the podcast and the devotional page, but I've kind of been on an unintentional month-long hiatus, and for that I am sorry, but life just got super busy for me. I ended up having to get a new car because the one that I used to have, which was a Ford Escape, never get Ford used cars, especially from Marketplace. Just don't go with that at all because the last two cars I had were Ford and they had given me problems. And so I decided this time around that I would not get a Ford. And so this time I got myself a Hyundai Tucson and it's been serving me pretty well so far. No problems whatsoever. But um, part of the whole monthly hiatus thing was I was getting that new car. Um, and my dad was helping me search for that. And now that that's done, I am so glad. Also, I got myself a new job. I am no longer working at Quick Trip. But I am working um, for this place that takes recycled paper products like cardboard and paper and they make dunnage for various clients customers that way they can ship their products safely to their customers and so i do 12-hour shifts um, basically pick a day of the week and i work every other week on that day it's like a two on two off three on type of thing and it alternates and so it keeps me busy um, keeps me, uh, up and going, and so I am happy with it, it has great benefits that comes with it, um, I'm happy with it, it pays so much better than Quick Trip, um, so I'm grateful to the Lord that he has given me this new job. I've also gotten a new laptop, so I've been using a MacBook for a while now, um, which is what I've been using to record, edit, and publish these podcast episodes, but now, um, recently, it decided not to um, have the capacity for updating anymore, so I figured it was time, while I had the money, to get myself a new laptop, so I got an HP Pavilion, and it has served me well so far. This is the first recorded episode 
um, from the pavilion. So we'll see how this process goes today. I've already noticed some higher quality sound coming out of it, um, especially with these recordings. So I am excited to see what fruit this produces. And one last thing before we get into the discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy, I am going on a missions trip with my church July of next year to Costa Rica. That being said, we as a church are fundraising for this missions trip. There will be about a dozen of us going. Um, so it's about $2,000 for each of us. And so that makes about 24000 total that we have to raise. We are raising the money together as a body. And so if you would like to donate um, some money towards this missions trip, you can go to TWC, the number four, the letter U, dot org, and click on the two-bar menu thing at the top right corner. Hit give, and then hit give now. And then where it says tithes and offerings, it'll give you a scroll down menu option there, and you'll select missions trip, and then you'll be able to give however much you feel led to do. And I greatly appreciate it. Thank you ahead of time. Um, and I thank you on behalf of my church for doing so ahead of time as well. Um, what we'll be doing in Costa Rica is... My church has gone there already once before and partnered with a church there within the same denomination as my church. And what they need done there is some construction projects done. We'll also be doing general ministry stuff, maybe leading a Bible study or two. Um, but like one thing that I know that we need to be doing is they need a concrete cement floor um, done and so we'll be helping out with a project there with that and so pray for me pray for the teammates from my church that we will be going to Costa Rica that the Lord would prepare our hearts minds um, that we might learn something as well and not just go to be teachers and such but to learn that God would call people to missions to ministry um, I pray that it would be an enriching time for all of us to learn more about who we are in God. And so I thank you on behalf of myself and the rest of the team for any donations that you might send in. Now let's get to the movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. I do not remember my first time watching Guardians of the Galaxy. It was probably watching it with my cousin again. He lived with us in 2014. His name is Ian. I don't think I mentioned his name before. I might have. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I probably saw it in the theaters with him. And I do remember enjoying it. Um, I don't remember a time where I didn't enjoy it per se. But yeah, um, I can't remember my first experience with Guardians of the Galaxy. Now there are so many things I loved about this film. There's not too many dislikes. I only really only have one. Well, two, really. But they're pretty minor in comparison to the good things about this movie. So, my favorite character was Peter Quill. Played by my favorite actor, Chris Pratt. 
He's my favorite actor because, one, he is a hilarious person, first of all. Second of all, he loves Jesus, and he's not afraid of proclaiming that. I've seen several videos of him giving Oscar speeches, giving God glory, and not just the typical praise be to God kind of thing. He he really takes the time to talk about Jesus and his own story with it, and he's not afraid to give his testimony with it. Now, my favorite scene was when they're all standing in a circle, and they each stand up one by one, telling Quill why they're in on the mission, and it's very thoughtful thoughts from each one of them well except for rocket where he makes the comment about uh we're just a bunch of weirdos standing in a circle and aside from the serious part about this scene my favorite part of this scene was where quill mentions that we're a bunch of losers and i mean people who've lost stuff (laughs) i just love the humor in that moment there It was hilarious, as is the rest of the movie, but that's beside the fact. And now my favorite quote comes from Rocket when he says, God, you're making me beat up grass! Now I know y'all are going to be like, why is this, of all the quotes in this movie, his favorite quote? Now, I'm a simple man. It's the little things that get me, man. First of all, They're inside of a head of a decapitated celestial that's been dead for centuries, if not the entire lifetime of the Earth at this point. And there's no wildlife within this head other than Groot, if you could arguably say that, and, well, the flower that he gave that little girl, but also this random bunch of grass that they just happen to be arguing around Groot, Drax, and Rocket. And so Rocket just happens to be kicking the only tuft of grass that is growing within this celestial head. So I just think it's funny. Um, Convenient that he's kicking grass. That's the only grass on the planet, body, whatever you want to call it, celestial head. But yeah. Again, I'm a simple man. It's the little things that get me. Also, I would be amiss if I were not to mention how awesome the soundtrack is. It's so good. I love the 80s music. Um, I personally believe that it is the best decade in music, in the entire history of music, really. So, yeah, I just really love the soundtrack there. Um, And I think the Guardians soundtrack music stuff kind of just gets better and yeah i do think volume two was better soundtrack wise than this one and i look forward in that regard to volume three to see what the soundtrack will be there now before we get to the devotional portion of this episode we have to get to the dislikes which includes unfortunately the stanley cameo Like, I gave it a 2.7 out of 10, and honestly, I think I was being maybe a bit generous. Maybe I hit the nail on the head. Um, Maybe I hit it a bit on the nose with that. I don't know. But 
Like, really, he didn't even have a line. Sure, he mouthed some words, if anything. <laughs> um, like, he didn't really say anything. He was just Rocket looking at him through binoculars and kind of just not really doing anything else. It was kind of disappointing for a Stanley cameo. But, again, it was kind of early on in Marvel still. Eh, they were still... I would argue that they were still getting on their feet. Because 2014 was a good year for Marvel. I think um, that after the Avengers, they kind of didn't know what to do with themselves. And uh, here they really figured out what they were going to do. And I think that I could give them grace there for that. Like, Stanley Cameo was pretty great for what it was. They were trying to figure out what they were going to do with their whole plot line there with the Infinity Saga. So, um, then again, I might have been too generous. I might have been too crude. I don't know. But uh, I gave it a 2.7. Now, my only other complaint with this movie was that I wished... I would have been made to have come to a place to where I hate Ronan a lot more than I did. I didn't really feel any distaste towards him. He just was kind of there. I would have loved to have hated the guy more. Now, like, I did hate him more than I did in watching Captain Marvel when he showed up there. But he just seemed kind of a bland character to me. Like, I would have loved to have come to hate him more. Those are the kind, of, the best kind of villains out there are the ones that you come to hate. And sometimes for some of us, it's the ones that you want to see redeemed. Because you know that those strong villains would make strong heroes if they were redeemed. And that's how I wanted Loki to be, and he turned out to be that way. He was redeemable, and he was redeemed, and we'll see what he does in the future helping out with this new multiverse saga. Um, but um, I, I just wanted to come to a place to where, instead of just feeling neutral about Ronan, I wanted to come to hate him because of just how horrible he was. And I think because he wasn't that grounded of a character, meaning that he wasn't Earth-bound, that we didn't understand the culture he was coming from, quote-unquote, and so, maybe being distanced from that culture um, also put me emotionally distanced from the character. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I would have loved to have some sort of emotional attachment, detachment kind of thing with Ronan. And again, these dislikes are outweighed by the things that I liked about this film. Because I just loved it so much. James Gunn did a really good job with this film. And I applaud him for that. And I applaud him for doing well with Guardians Volume 2. Um, and I can't wait to see his work in the future with Guardians Volume 3. And so James Gunn, if you're out there and you're listening, so happen to be, I don't know. Good job, man. You did a great job with the Guardians movies. Can't wait to see what you do in Guardians Volume 3. And so that is all for my thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, to get on to the devotional side of things, to talk about the theology of the film. And the devotional itself reads, 
In Guardians of the Galaxy, Star-Lord ends up joining forces with some unlikely allies in Drax, Gamora, Rocket Raccoon, and Groot in fighting Ronin in preventing him from getting one of the six Infinity Stones. This crew of Guardians ends up joining forces with the Nova Corps to defend Xandar from Ronin who now has the stone and has decided to use its power to destroy the planet. The Guardians end up all on Ronin's ship, which is taking a nosedive for the city. Groot decides to form his body into something like a tumbleweed around the rest of the group, knowing that he will very much likely die, in order to give the rest of the group a better chance at surviving the crash. John 15.13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. ESV These were the very words of Christ to his disciples during some of his final instructions to them before his crucifixion. He was telling them this both as a foreshadow of things to come towards the immediate future and as an instruction manual of the attitude of which they should carry themselves moving forward after his crucifixion. Jesus instructs us to live sacrificially for the sake of the good of others. Sometimes we should sacrifice our free time to help a friend or stranger in need. Groot displayed this very kind of love for the guardians who he considered to be his friends. He literally risked his own life to save the others. He didn't know if the others would do the same for him. He had nothing to gain from doing this. He just did it because he saw that he had the ability and opportunity to save the life of his friends and did it without a single thought. What are you willing to sacrifice for the sake of others? Would you risk your life if it meant that friend would live? How about for a stranger? How about for your enemies? Are you thankful for Christ dying so that you could live? What will you do from now on to live sacrificially for God and others? It's easy to be able to tell yourself and even others that you'd be willing to lay down your life for them if they're your friends. But it's a whole different ballgame if you tell that to your enemies. Now I'm sure there are some of you who can think of someone off the top of your head who you hate or despise and you could never see yourself even if the opportunity presented itself laying your life down for your enemy you'd probably want to watch them die right in front of you and not give a care in the world about it but christ calls us to a higher standard than this he says love your enemies pray for those who persecute you um it is a hard thing to lay down your life for your enemies and isn't sacrifice of oneself the ultimate form of love um it's why jesus sacrificed himself on the cross he is the greatest love of all he sacrificed himself on the cross for all of us every last one of us and that was the greatest show of his love towards us he even washed judas's feet he even broke bread with him knowing the entire time while he was with him that he would be the disciple that would betray him. And imagine the emotions that Jesus was going through as he was washing Judas's feet, as he was having meals with him, knowing that the time would come that Judas would one day betray him for money. But then again, he probably looked forward to the moment where Judas decided to 
forsake that money, forsake that exchange, that deal that he made, in deciding that his life wasn't worth living anymore, so he decided to end it himself. Jesus was probably going through all these sorts of different emotions with Judas. He probably saw the betrayal, and he saw the regret in the end too. So, knowing this, God, Jesus himself, showed grace towards even Judas. Now, we don't have the gift of foresight that Jesus did, um, and still does, but that being in mind, we should still, trusting and leaning on God's word and his redemption power in others, we should be able to bring ourselves to a place where we can lay ourselves down for others no matter what we think of them, no matter how we feel about them. We should be able to do that with grace, with love, bearing forth the fruit of the Spirit in doing so. Now, there are some other things that I've noticed, biblically-themed speaking-wise, um, from this film. I only noticed three, but of course there could be more. So please feel free to join the Discord um, and send me a message um, asking to join. I'll talk more about it later once I'm done with this portion. But um, And then you could give some suggestions or tell me what I missed, biblical theme-wise. That'd be awesome. Um, so moving on to more biblical themes... The first one, um, to me, is that Ronan here seems to be more like a Pharisee. Um, the Pharisees in the New Testament tended to be those guys that enforced the law. And they did so because back in the Old Testament times, it was when the people of Israel stopped following the law that they stopped receiving God's blessing of peace, prosperity, protection. Or whatnot, and so the Pharisees thought that by obeying the law, that God would protect and bring that prosperity and peace to the people. Um, and in doing so, as Jesus points out, um, they've lost sight of who God really is. They lost the heart and the passion behind worshiping their God, and they really did so more so to avoid something rather than to go after something. That's not the only thing that Jesus kind of points out to them about their thinking. But um, Ronan here in the movie acts like a Pharisee because if you remember in the movie, there is a treaty between the Zandarians and the Cree people and Ronin, the accuser, is one of, as we figure out later in the MCU, one of several Cree people who think that the Cree, in signing the treaty, have abandoned their own cultural ways. And so he decides to act as a Pharisee and go on and cling to his culture's laws, his culture's ancient laws, um, much like the Pharisees of Scripture. The laws that they follow were ancient. And so this obviously leads Ronan 
towards a path of darkness and he doesn't think about how to evaluate these laws he just loves the laws themselves he is an extreme traditionalist um, he doesn't think to evaluate tradition all he thinks is tradition is the right thing to do because tradition is all I know and therefore I will seek after this tradition even if my culture is swaying away from that and so Jesus reminds the Pharisees that it is not in obedience to the law that you gain favor from the Lord but it's because of the posture of your heart it's not about your head it's about your heart are you truly seeking the Lord or are you seeking the blessings that come from the Lord in Matthew 6 starting in verse 25 Jesus is talking about seeking after the Lord he says don't worry about the things that you need do not even worry about the deepest desires of your heart for if you seek the kingdom of the Lord first all of these things will be added unto you don't first seek the blessings of the Lord because if that's your goal that will never be met but you must first seek the Lord himself and then all these things that you need first and then the things that you desire will come to you and by that time after seeking the Lord for so long your desires will change from what you want to what God wants for you and so we must first seek his kingdom and then he will bless us abundantly the next thing from this film that I would like to talk about is Something I mentioned earlier when I mentioned my favorite quote from the film, and it's when Groot is being so kind and gentle so as to grow a flower out of the palm of his Groot hand to give to a little girl who probably hasn't seen a flower for a very long time, if at all. And so um, that was a very grand and great gesture from Groot he was showing his meekness there because he is great and big and he showed later on in the film like how powerful he is but he is also gentle very fittingly Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 5 blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth and <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, Groot's basically a tree so um, it's kind of very fitting for this. So I just kind of thought that was funny. <laughs> In anyways, kindness is part of the fruit of the Spirit. And the reason kindness like this is so important is because in this case, well, this case is a grand classic example of this, that acts of kindness can give people hope. Give people hope in the redemptibility, the redeemability, well, the redeemability of humanity. Um, that there are some good people out there. Um, maybe that there's a good God out there that really actually cares for them. And so when we give people hope, we give people Jesus because Jesus himself alone is hope. The last thing I want to talk about also kind of has to do with that scene from my favorite quote where... Drax regrets 
his rage. He he describes his um, seeking of revenge towards Ronan as a rage as a cover for his loss. And that is exactly what that was. Um, revenge is not for us. Scripture tells us to leave revenge up to God. For it is his, declares the Lord. Um, and only he can give true revenge and justice. For he knows all. He knows the intent of people's hearts. He knows how emotionally it affected all involved. So basically, God knows the whole story. We don't. None of us do. Not one person involved with the story knows every detail, every angle, every perspective of the story. So God is the only one qualified to give justice. He's the only one qualified to give the revenge on our behalf. We aren't even qualified to give revenge for ourselves. For since we are very limited in our perspective, if we seek revenge, we might be doing someone else a wrong. We might do something that would cause someone else to want to seek revenge towards us. So let, let's just leave that to God. I've said before on this podcast that when people seek revenge towards each other, it just ends up being a ping pong fight. Yeah, I said ping pong fight. That works. Um, <laughs> ends up just being this ping pong match back and forth. And it just never ends. But the moment that we let go and give it to God, there is peace. There may not be peace for the immediate moment, but there is wisdom in giving Christ our desires of revenge. And that is why it is so important for us to quickly forgive others, even when they do not regret what they did. Forgiveness is for each of us, not for them. And so that is all I have for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, since the last episode came out, so did I Am Groot, that miniseries, and Thor Love and Thunder. Um, my thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder, um, my first time I watched it, I was actually kind of disappointed. I will not get into details, um, but the second time I watched it, because I knew what I was getting into, I actually enjoyed the movie for what it was, and so um, take that information as you will, but uh, we'll get into the details when we get to that episode. As for I Am Groot, man... It's five, like, little five-minute clips um, supposed to take place, actually, between the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies, so this is actually perfect placement for this, chronologically speaking, within the MCU. I Am Groot is hilarious. It's a great tidbit. Um, my f favorite, without going into details, my favorite... Um, little episode is the one entitled the little guy and uh yeah it's just hilarious i'm i loved i am groot it's 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 a nice little thing for little kids but like adults can get entertainment out of it as well it's it's funny <laughs> oh it's fantastic like there were actually little moments where i started cracking up audibly not just in my head it's just sudden surprise 
hilarious moments that were just fantastic. So I definitely recommend to watch I Am Groot. Now again, feel free to join our Discord. That way you can like mention things that I've missed um, that you would might like to discuss together. Um, we could do video chat and uh, just regular text chat as well. If you want to join, please email me at mcudevos at gmail.com, and I will send you the invite link from the Discord, and we can get started there. So, yeah. I think that will do it for Guardians of the Galaxy. We will see you next time when we cover Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 on Oh How Marvelous!